You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Coaching Inn and I'm in conversation with Andy Den who I he did a really interesting post on LinkedIn about listening, which somebody tagged me in and said, Claire, you'll be really interested in this really interesting post about listening. So I looked at Andy's flip chart picture and sent him a message straight away and said, will you come to the coaching in and talk about listening? And he said, yes. So Andy, we meet. <laughs> yes, yes. Coming in off this wintry sort of windswept world of uh, winter up here into your pub how very nice it is well thank you very much for coming just tell us a little bit about you and the journey that got you to being very mm. good at doing very beautiful flip charts oh um okay well i'm now 58 so i think my i'll start 30 years ago i was a very successful executive uh executive in an international business being promoted up the slippery pole and um, and aware that it wasn't what I really was looking for. Mm. Stumbled across a Greek island where I found voice workshops and poetry and um, body work and meditation, mindfulness. And some people there said, you're a healer. And I ran away from that immediately. Um, it was a word that was far too loaded with my own misinterpretations and something that I didn't self-identify with. So I ran away for about um, five years. And uh, and in my early 30s, I decided to follow it up a little bit in London. I was living in London. And um, one thing led to another where I left the corporate world and I was moving to Malvern to become a manager of a healing center in West Malvern uh, called Runnings Park at the time. And this was in 1997, thinking I was going to take successful business skills to the then flowering um, complementary health industry. I actually, the flow was completely different. I started bringing complementary awareness and holistic thinking into business. And I was running workshops, yeah. various different things with teams, using Shakespeare and, and walking on the Malvern Hills and all this beautiful stuff. And uh, the curious, the thing that frustrated me the most was teams were deeply touched by their experience for a few days, but their old habits were waiting for them at their desk when they got back to the office. And so in 99, I was looking for something to help people uh, maintain their commitment and the hard work of change and that's where I came across coaching as a way of supporting teams and executives on that journey of change and I was one of the first ever participants of what was then the coactive coaching schools coactive training institute as they called um, training programs in London and uh, progressed through that program by 2000 my wife whose French was pregnant she wanted to have the kids in France so we moved from Malvern 
to France, to a country where I couldn't speak the language. I was becoming a father for the first time. I was building a coaching business from nothing and um, going through certification and various other activities all in the same time. And most people in my world, all with the best of intentions, were saying, now get back into the corporate world. You're going to be a father now. Give, give up this idea. Go, you know, get a proper job again. Uh, but I had a coach who I spoke to for half an hour once a week on the phone. And this wonderful man called Phil Sandal, who was one of the co-authors of the Coactive Coaching book, oh, yeah. um, was there half an hour every Friday afternoon. And it was a space where I knew I was talking to somebody who believed in me more than I necessarily could believe in myself at some times. Because the months would come, seriously, be, you know, little, a pregnant wife with a baby due any moment, trying to build a business. And there'd be times when I'd be so afraid, I wouldn't know how I'm going to pay the rent next month. But I kept going because there was a coach saying, yes, you can keep going, believe in yourself. So one step led to another, one referral led to another, one piece of work led to another piece of work I built a business without a website well it was before websites this was 2000 2001 you know I didn't have a business card didn't have any marketing material because my uh so the saboteur that inner critic that voice that tries to say it's not good enough was always all over any material so the only way I knew to let people know what I was doing was to knock on doors with people and lean into the adage that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. So I built my business over years um, through referral and word of mouth. And now, you know, um, some years later, <laughs> so 22 years later or so, um, you know, uh, running a business that's called Living Teams with some great coaches uh, working with executives and teams, helping organizations transition their cultures from um, really what was the culture and still can be a command and control top-down culture to where people are more agile and fluid and working collaboratively in a much more connected space. And so um, guiding people into what that's about. And, and one of the uh, real skills that helps that is everybody learning how to listen, mm. you know? And uh, so of course, as a professional coach, we listen well and we ask good questions, but these are such fundamental human skills. You teach these skills to people who are in living relationships with each other and uh, it naturally creates the environment for one another to help each other on the team grow and believe in themselves. And uh, so that's, yeah, that's in a nutshell, that's my journey. Um, wow. Feeling and here I am. and doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that book came out around that time, didn't it? So that's here fun. I am sitting at the bottom of the Malvern Hills. Right. Yeah. Right now funny? talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's we, a beautiful part of the world yeah uh, you must have trained just after me because when I did my training CT I didn't have a training in London so oh. I trained with coach you in the 90s oh, yeah right yeah 
Yeah, a booty, sta- a booty, stage. a booty, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, we trained at the same time. Yeah, we might have. Did you go to the coaches, uh, International Coach Federation conference in in Switzerland, or it was in the Alps, two thousand one, no. two thousand two, or something? It's one of the few that I went to. I went to one okay. in, in America, and I went to one of their first ones in Europe. But uh, yes, so yeah, I must, as I say, I trained a little bit after you. I did become yeah. a, a, the first European, um, what they, in their language, in the language of Coactive Training Institute, um, front of room leader. So I was training coaches okay. yeah. around Europe. So I, I was the first European front of room leader for them. Wow. And so introduced and trained lots of coaches around, around Europe between mm-hmm. 2001 2006 i stopped because my business was growing my children were growing i now have two daughters they're 22 and 19 um, and we were involved in a local uh, steiner school in france which is a it's a very holistic approach to children's education and um i wanted to be involved and it was a chance for me to be involved in something that was French because all of my working language was in English. Mm. And I've always spoken English to my wife and my kids, even though we live in France, to help the children always be bilingual. Um, But uh, yes, I wanted to help the school grow. So I gave up the work as as a sort of front of room trainer for coaching and coaches. But I love the fact that the whole industry is continues to grow i think it's it's really important there's a tremendous need for uh people who have the muscle to walk beside others as they go through life's changes and um you know i think we can only do it with in authenticity where we have walked that path ourselves you know the, i love the hero's journey as a metaphor you know how you have to be willing to leave the comfort of the known world of the village you're in and step mm. across the threshold and then meet friends and allies along the way. But ultimately it, the path will take you to the forest and you must go into the forest and you can only go in alone. If you follow somebody else into the forest, you haven't gone into the forest. Mm. You know, I love that. And that's a, that's an allegorical story that I see keeps playing out in my life um you know constantly as i try and just become a better version of me really yeah yeah, yeah. well i don't know where to go now there are so many places to go <laughs> i saw a thing this morning on um social media where somebody said wouldn't it be different if peace talks were called peace listens ah uh, yes yeah and isn't that a lovely thought? What a lovely thought to imagine that peace is listening to us. That this ephemeral, invisible, intangible presence that we could call peace, that's always there, waiting quietly to be invited in to the mm-hmm. conversation, to the relationship, that peace always listens. It just, I just played with yeah. the words. Yeah, that. absolutely. And if we went into engagements mm. with the intention of listening. Mm. Because I th- 
what I love about that is that we're all looking for peace. So at some level, we're all look, looking for connection. We're all looking for meaning, for contribution, for, um, you know, yes, we have other needs. All of us have a need of certainty of some sort. We have a need of uncertainty. And, and, and you know, we, we, we all have a need to, to know we're special in some little way, you know, but connection and progress or growth and meaning are really important. And I think in there, we're trying to find some peace. You know, so uh, it was in my meditation this morning, actually, was uh, all about, you know, it's kind of yoga or Buddhist uh, orientation, but um, how behind all the clouds, behind all the things in the sky, all the thoughts, all the feelings, there is this backdrop of the blue sky, which is, which is always peaceful. Mm. And, uh, mm. yeah, lovely peace listens into the peace talks yeah so uh. before we forget <laughs> and end up talking about something else which i'm sure we will uh because there's so many places we can take this just tell us a bit about the chinese characters for listening Ooh, yes. which is where i met you through this mm. this picture well one of the pieces of work i've been doing is with an international organization whose headquarters actually are in Japan and they have um, operations all around the world. It's heavy engineering. I don't think I should mention their name because I haven't asked permission to talk about clients, but it's a, it's a global organization. And because they're headquarters in Japan, I also have friends um, in Japan who are coaches and so we dis- and the audience it's a it's a leadership development training really for next generation leaders and um the we wanted to create something that was both me representing a sort of european orientation and a friend of mine miyuki who is a tr- professional coach representing japanese orientation and to dance together and we we kicked this off few years ago um, in Hiroshima and Miyuki also had trained uh, coaches in Japan in in coaching skills mm. and she brought this uh, model of Chinese characters that they use in the Japanese trainings about listening and it was fascinating so in the Japanese language the word is kiku and it's the same word for each of these different symbols. And, and we know ah. that the symbols themselves are thousands of years old, which for me is fascinating. Right? So the first symbol is one of an ear, but with gates on it and the gates are shut. So this represents, um, I can hear you, but I'm not really listening. You know, my ears are here, but I'm not listening. My gates are shut. You know, it's quite a quite a powerful image, isn't it? The kind of mm. you know, um, the 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 lights are on but nobody's home, <laughs> kind of thing. You know, and um, then the second uh, picture has far more complex characters. It has a much bigger picture of the ear, and then it has a plus sign, and it has eyes and heart. 
So the whole representation of that is I, my ears are here, as are my eyes and my heart. And I'm listening with all of my senses to you. And that's the image that Miyuki explains when they're training coaches in Japan. That's the image they use to help trainee coaches understand that it's listening from that place with everything. And then there's another listening or word kiku, which is the same. And they have one sort of image that is a, a, a kind of things crossing like this arms crossing and it represents combining uh, mixing like combining our forces and and the other image is power so it's about combined power and that's um, rather like when we listen together our the collective power we combine together is much bigger than when we're not doing that and so if you imagine um, a rowing boat and everyone is rowing together, the combined power of that movement is much more than if they were rowing without being synchronized. So very interesting, isn't it? Same word, different characters. I can hear you, but I'm not listening. I'm using my ears, my eyes, my heart, everything. Uh, in support of you and the third one we're listening in a way where together we're more powerful are you okay if we share this picture yeah when we share yeah. the podcast because yeah. what really strikes me as you're speaking and as i'm looking at it is mm. that you can see it mm. so you can see the difference as well as hearing it and sensing mm. it and that's mm. that's hugely powerful mm. because that first character with the gate and the ear, they're all separate. Mm. Mm. Whereas that third character with the combining the power, they're connected. Yes. Yeah. And there's flow in the character, whereas the character of the earlier listening is quite angular. Yes. Yeah. It's very interesting, isn't it? I also had, so I learned that a few years ago and then I took it, I was running another year of this training. So a different group of people. Miyuki wasn't beside me to draw it in her beautiful uh, Asian artistic way. So I sort of drew a version and, and, and I knew it wasn't working, but there were some Japanese participants in the program. So I asked them to draw it you know, because they just know how that, the movements work. Mm. And um, and they said, oh, oh. So these are executives, not people training as coaches, right? I've never seen these three characters compared in this way before. Wow. How fast. And so even the fact in their own language of them seeing it, executives of 35, 45 years old, senior executives seeing these things, it just the fact of them seeing their own symbols shifts things in them, which was fascinating to observe. And they said, this middle one, the one that we talk about eye and ear and heart combined, this is also the way we talk about listening to music. 
Mm. We are completely taken away by some Bach or whatever it might be that takes us. That's also how they talk about that. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's all of that. Each of those conversations that you've described, Andy, gives a different kind of insight. Mm, what do you hear? What do you see? Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting to hear the people when they were drawing it themselves because, because you weren't as fluent in the, in the drawing as they were. <laughs> yeah. But as they drew their own version of it, they saw something they'd never seen before. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's a, been a sort of journey through deeper listening, even from that day that, that your colleague mm-hmm. drew it and then you drew it and then somebody else drew it. And each time it feels like there's another layer of learning. Mm. All from one word. Yes, isn't it? And, and we know as coaches that the art of listening, uh, is it an art? I don't know. It's a, yes, it's artistic, the facility of listening, but it, it's like there's no end to the nuance and the gifts mm. of creating a space where people feel heard. The gift you give to others. We trained some executives just the other week up in Sheffield um, in some basic listening skills, you know, and asking, and of course what comes with basic listening skills is fundamental curiosity to find out more. We can't help ourselves. It's in our DNA, Mm. you know, it feels like anyway. And, and just giving people these basic skills that, although basic are not simple and their applicability never ends, you then debrief this experience where you know from feeling, listening to what's going on in the room, in the training room, you can feel the connective spirit and the connective tissue being woven between people. Um, you then ask them, what was that like? When you, when you were talking about something and your colleague was listening to you, what was that like? Wow, really good connection. I feel really cared for. That is consistently, over, over 20 years of me doing this with executives and training, you know, people who are in stressed out, busy jobs who don't think they've got any time to stop and whoever go into these trainings to start with are always resistant, always negative, always thinking, what's all this about? I know how to listen. Don't be so, you know, and, and yet when you get them to receive the experience of being listened to, how they feel cared for. And I think it's, it's a huge piece of the even puzzle. When- puzzle. Even when the listener doesn't speak, but is just deeply present. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's a um, uh, there's a deepening or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've taught listening skills for thirty years, and I was mm. a bit blown away by your picture, and even more blown away by you describing it. So, <laughs> thank you for that. You're very welcome. Yeah. Very, very nice to explore this with you. Yeah. 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 And I'm very curious about the music one. So I'm just writing another book and there's a bit in it about the music of 
conversations. Oh. Um, and now I'm kind of really curious about that, that middle kiku. Yeah. Yes, it's like, and, and like the, as, as with our coach's hat on, you know, learning to be conscious of what am I listening for and listening for the alignment, the attunement. I love your, where you're looking. It makes me think about um, if I'm listening, you know, to a conversation, there's one place I'm coming from as a listener when I'm in a one-on-one coaching. But when I'm coaching a team or when there's at least two people or more in a conversation together, then what am I listening for? You know, and you're listening for some kind of harmonic, listening for some kind of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Music is really interesting, isn't it? Because it has some language. I'm not a musician, but I do understand that if I'm playing um, the harmonica and you're playing the uh, guitar, the two sounds, when they are in harmony, create a sound that neither the harmonica nor the guitar can create by themselves. Mm-hmm. So that harmonic, I, th- you know, I think that's what we're listening for, and I, and I, and I really do believe part of our job when we're working with uh, teams is listen for the harmonic of the humanity, not listening for the progress against the goal or the task and not, or the action. And not listening for the facts. Right, exactly. Yes. Because they yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and listening for the edge, listening for, um, read a beautiful book recently um, how to how to tell your story so the world wants to listen, oh. and it's by a lady called Bobette Buster, which is a great name, and um, she's uh, uh, somebody who has spent her life helping scriptwriters, film writers, write film scripts so that they're interesting. You know, films are interesting and move mm. people, and um, she. She talks about, um, you know, how we're listening. When she's getting to know people, she asks them to share a story about their lives. And she's listening for the thresholds that that person has crossed over. So if, if you think of that hero's journey mm-hmm. and somebody says, oh, I, you know, I moved to France, you know, when my wife was pregnant, she, she wanted to have the family in France. So then it's like, oh, so that sounds like a threshold. What was it like to cross that threshold? And so Mm -hmm. listening, so I think that's really interesting. That's where I'm trying to practice for myself as I continue to hone my listening skill is trying to listen for the threshold in the story that somebody might Mm -hmm. share and get curious about that. Yeah, noticing. Mm -hmm. My goodness, Andy, we're going to have to have you back. (laughs) <laughs> i'd be delighted to i don't you know if it's if it, if you're the judge and uh, and you know what you're listening to and if it's helpful that's great yeah thank yeah. you 
thank you so much for just giving us a little taster there. And what's really interesting is that some of what you've just said connects with guests that we've got coming on in the next few weeks. So we've got somebody who's going to talk about kind of writing your script so that you can share your story. And uh, also we've got um, we've got one of my favourite writers on listening, I think, has just agreed to come. Ooh, also in the next few weeks so i'm not going to spoil by t- oh, saying, okay. telling yes. everyone yeah. who it is yeah yeah um i'll oh, tell you when everyone it. else has left the pub <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so we have our lock-in <laughs> indeed so before our lock-in andy um uh how do people get in touch with you if they want to talk more about about your living team's work and about listening um can i give you an email address and a LinkedIn, or would you just like a LinkedIn? What what works for you? Uh, so I'll put your LinkedIn, Andy Den, in the show notes. Yeah. And what's the email address people can use? Um, Andy dot Den. Yeah. At livingteamsrock.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And Andy, thank you for your time today. Uh, and for traveling through the virtual airwaves to our English pub from France. Yes, yeah, very <laughs> nice. It's very nice being there. You've got a lovely roaring fire going in the background. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. So uh, I'm Claire Pedrick, and I've been talking to Andy Den uh, at the Coaching Inn. Thank you, Andy. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.